Welcome back. I'm Mark Middleton. Our all-star lineup of big thinkers from the world of aging continues now. Our next guest is an MD and a PhD. He's a renowned researcher in the study of aging at Boston University Medical School, and he's the director of the prestigious New England Centenarian Study, which is the largest genetic and social study of centenarians and their families in the entire world. He's also the author of Living to 100 Lessons in Maximizing Your Potential at Any Age. It's a great honor to have Dr. Thomas Pearls join us live from his home outside of Boston. Dr. Pearls, welcome. Oh, thanks. You're so kind. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate your time. I know you've got a busy day with, uh, with, with your family, uh, relatively young family, considering our conversation today. You've studied centenarians mo- more closely than perhaps anyone in the world. What makes them different? Um, I think what uh, it, it may be a combination of genes and environment. Uh, they're still really rare about one per 10,000 of the population, and people think, oh, maybe it's one kind of fountain of youth gene or environmental factor. I think they're rare because they get a combination of relatively common things just just right. And for some of us, I would say for many of us, that means uh, not smoking, not being fat, good exercise, um, managing stress well. That's a lot of what the centenarians have in common. It's almost doing everything your mother told you to do except clear your plate, plus (laughs) maybe a few special genes. How have marriages and social relationships fared through these long lives of centenarians? That's a funny one. The uh, women, uh, and I guess that's a bit sad, actually, they tend to have not been been married for uh, many years, having lost their husbands when they were in their 70s or 80s. The men, on the other hand, are almost always married. And interestingly, <laughs> uh, a lot of the centenarian women were never married. And it almost makes you think, to get to 100, the women should do without the men. And the men should definitely have the women. The, the men are... Uh, it's really quite funny. The men are baggage when you get to be that old, perhaps. Uh, 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 Dr. Pearls, we had uh, Aubrey de Grey on earlier on this show today, uh, who, of course, is the uh, researcher from... Um, in England, and you know, he, he is talking about people conceivably living to be uh, the age of one thousand. Is that a productive conversation? I mean, it's it certainly is visionary, and it has brought a lot of focus on aging research. Is it a conversation you like to have, or is it just too far out there for you? I think it makes great science fiction novels, and and uh, it really isn't helpful. Um, I think it's helpful to think he's very interested in caloric restriction. I think he does it himself. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I think the problem with uh, my opinion is that um, Aubrey needs to see a few centenarians and see what it takes just to get to 100 or to 110. We have a large collection of people who get to 110, and they're about one per uh, six, seven million in the population. This is incredibly rare. To multiply that tenfold and say that you're going to be able to do it in this generation really is the stuff of uh, saying you're going to build a rocket ship and get a bunch of people to go to Pluto. It's it's pretty it's it's nonsense. You you mentioned caloric restriction and, and you know for better or for worse maybe if there is a way that people that are obsessed with living a few extra years can get there, you know that has been proven to some degree to to be effective. Isn't that right? Caloric restriction has um, increased by 40-50% the lifespans of mice that you put them through caloric restriction. Um, 
personally, I don't think there's a heck of a lot of quality of life and going to the extreme of 800 calories a day for humans and Amen. Then sticking to it. And, um, you know, some of some people can be incredibly obsessive about this. I think that that deals away with a lot of the quality of life that people would be interested in having in their older years. My 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 work is really bent on doing what a lot of the centenarians do, which is to markedly delay or escape age-related diseases towards the very end of their lives. Whether that be people getting into their mid to late 80s, uh, compressing the time that they're sick towards the very end, or to 100, it's really a lot about the quality of those years, not the quantity. I think we all agree, if we could live a, a long life in which we decline very quickly at the end, uh, as opposed to living a life where, where you know, our disabilities kind of gradually uh, creep up on us and then we have it for, for decades, I mean, it's, it's much better to go very quickly, right? So, yeah, so listen to this. The Seventh-day Adventists, uh, separate study from ours, they, they have a religion that dictates they need to take very good care of themselves, otherwise it's a sin. And they have the highest average life expectancy in this country at 88 years. And how do they do that? They're vegetarians, they exercise daily, they don't smoke, they don't drink, though maybe a little alcohol is good for you. And they spend their weekends really doing a good job of being with family and time with God, which I think helps them manage their stress well. So if the rest of us did something fairly similar, managing stress, staying lean, exercise, not smoking, most of us should be able to get to our mid to late 80s and they are adding healthy years to their lives, not unhealthy ones. So they're doing what the centenarians do, which is to compress the time that they're sick towards the end of their lives. That's what I think people should be doing. They shouldn't be thinking some fantastical thing about living to a thousand. Um, they shouldn't be waiting for some magic pill. They just need to be doing those things, and I think we'll see a huge improvement in the overall health of our society. Not exactly rocket science. Uh, Not at all. You know, one of the other things that it seems to be a common thread in the little reading that I've done on centenarians, that so few of them take medicine. Uh, are we over-medicated? Well, it's true. The centenarians, on average, are on three pills, and uh, one of them is usually an aspirin, and the other may be a, a laxative. Um, <laughs> And, I, and I'm a board-certified geriatrician as well, and I would say that one of the biggest problems I deal with is people being on 15, 20 medications. And one of the first things I try to do is get that way down. And one of the problems is people are on medications to treat the side effects of other medications, and you really get into a terrible cycle. So one really needs to know what their medicines are for and to challenge their physician to make sure that they're on the right medications. The other thing is people go to different doctors, and they get medications from one doctor, medications from another, and the other one doctor doesn't know what the other one is on. People need to take all the medications out of their cabinet, stick them in a paper bag, and bring them to their primary care physician so they can see what they're on. And they also need to be aware of the over-the-counter things that they're getting at the drugstore because those can be really important as well. And, one, and then to try and get the doc to get them on as few medications as possible. Finally, Dr. Pearls, uh, and those are great points. Thank you for that. You know, the media likes to, to, to hook onto something and blow it up. And I, and I think centenarian, super centenarian is a word we're hearing more and more every day. It's a focus that I think is only going to grow in the years ahead as, as we have more people living over 100. And I think guys like you that can bring some sort of reasonable discussion to it, it's not only interesting, but it's productive. So we certainly thank you for that. Well, thank you. I think it takes the guys who are actually 
dealing, you know, researching these folks to really have a, a, a handle on reality as to what they're talking about. And they're, and they're great people, aren't they? I mean, there just doesn't seem to be as much dignity in, in aging now as, as there could be and, and certainly should be. Uh, the, these centenarians are great people. They're really what get me up in the morning, um, except for getting the kids to soccer, I guess. And um, they are. Many of them are doing very well at their very old age. They are living national treasures, I think, in terms of their historical perspective. They're right. highly revered by their families. Um, they're, they're a huge asset to our society. And again, in terms of people who might worry about, well, what if everybody's getting old like this? What about the huge cost of society? The centenarians cost relatively little in terms of health care dollars right. because they're living the majority of their lives in good health. And when they do get sick, the, the illnesses they get are really inexpensive. Hey, Dr. Pearls, we're up against a heartbreak. Thank you so much for your time. We certainly appreciate uh, you joining us today on the Growing Boulder Radio Show. Dr. Thomas Pearls, live from his home outside of Boston. We'll be right back.